Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Giuliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. Christmas is all about Jesus. That's the gift that God gave us. The greatest gift of all. A package of love. How awesome is that? And, you know, we, we have lots of reasons to celebrate. But this morning you've come to our church, Life Source, And we want to make Jesus the center of it all. And today I want to read to you a Bible verse from Matthew chapter 1. We already had it on the screens with those that beautiful uh, picture presentation. But this is what it says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. It says, and this is the angel coming to Joseph, who was just flabbergasted that his betrothed was pregnant. And an angel began to speak to Joseph and said, She will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. There is something powerful about saying Jesus as a prayer word rather than a swear word. Too many people say Jesus is a swear word rather than a prayer word. But to say Jesus is something beautiful. And then it explains what his name means. For he shall save his people from their sins. So whenever you say Jesus, you're literally saying Savior. You're literally saying God is my salvation. That's what Jesus means. In Greek, it's Jesus. In Hebrew, it's Yeshua. In Italian, it's Jesu. In English, it's Jesus, and it literally means Savior. He's the Savior. In a few minutes, I'm just going to explain to you what salvation is, how the Bible describes salvation. But then it moves on and it says, So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. This is the prophet Isaiah, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So it's like Jesus has got two names. One is Jesus, which means Savior. And the other is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And if we had to summarize the purpose of Jesus coming, it's summarized in these two names. Jesus, Savior of the world. Emmanuel, God with us. So the big question I think that a lot of people ask is, well, what's salvation? Explain to us what salvation is. Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question because I'm going to spend a few moments just explaining to you and giving you a basic summary of the whole Bible in 10 minutes. Are you ready for this? Summarize the whole Bible in 10 minutes. Because the Bible is filled with metaphors of salvation. A metaphor is an illustration to explain salvation. So I'm not going to go through all the metaphors. I'm just going to go through three. The first one is, in the days of Noah, there was an ark that was built. And this metaphor of the ark is a metaphor of salvation. Because God was basically saying, listen, the whole world is going to be destroyed through a flood but I want to save the world. 
want to save the animals. How many of you know that God was interested in saving animals? He was the first. Ah, he created it, the animals. He wants to save the animals. I want to save the animals too. Anybody else want to save the animals? Huh? And so God said to Noah, build an ark. And the ark was a metaphor of salvation. And earth is going to be flooded, destruction everywhere. But those who enter the ark will be saved. What a beautiful metaphor. And when we look through the Bible, what we find is that, that Jesus is the ark. Jesus is who the ark is. And all who enter into Jesus, that call upon the name of Jesus, will be saved. When the flood came, and it was a huge flood, all the animals that were in the flood got saved. Noah and all his family that were in the ark got saved. And right there in Genesis, the first book of the Bible is this incredible, beautiful metaphor of salvation. Then we move from Genesis to Exodus. I'm not going to go through the whole 66 books of the Bible, so just be really, just be relaxed here. So then Genesis, first metaphor of salvation. Then we come to Exodus. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. The next five books has another metaphor of salvation. The metaphor of salvation here is the children of Israel who were in bondage in Egypt under Pharaoh. And they were slaves in Egypt. And God sent Moses to set his people free. And what we find is this, that, that there was a particular night where they had to sacrifice a lamb. And this is where Easter comes from because Easter is the celebration of the Passover. We have that word Passover. And what they did is they got the lamb and they sprinkled the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of the house. And when this particular night, the death angel came, whenever he saw the blood sprinkled on the doorposts, on the lintels of the house, he would pass over and the household was saved because of the blood of the lamb. What we have in the New Testament, we have John the Baptist pointing to Jesus and saying, Behold, the Lamb of God. And there's this metaphor. It's like Jesus is the Lamb of God. This baby that we're celebrating today, he was born to die and shed his blood that we might have all of our sins washed away. Easter time, I want you to all come Easter time because we're going to be celebrating not only the death, but also the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, we Christians believe that Jesus died, but on the third day, he rose from the dead to prove to us that one day we too will rise from the dead. What an amazing hope that is for Christians who believe that if Jesus rose from the dead, we too one day will rise from the dead and live with him forever and ever. What an incredible hope that is to give people at a funeral service that say to them, this is not the end. We as Christians have hope that we will live forever and ever with Jesus. Can anybody say amen and get excited about that? Because I'm incredibly excited about that. <laughs> and so what happened is this. They weren't just saved to get out of Egypt. They were saved to go to the promised land. Everybody say the promised land. I, I love this concept because it's more than just salvation from Egypt. It's salvation to something. 
and, and, and he's God saying, I want to save you out of Egypt, but I want to take you to a land, a land flowing with milk and honey. I want to bless you. I want to give you vineyards that you haven't planted, wells that you haven't dug. I want to just pour out the, open the windows of heaven and pour blessing upon you so that the people of the world may know the blessing that's upon my people. What an incredible metaphor of salvation. You're not just saved from judgment, but you're saved for blessing. The blessing of God to be the people of God. Then this last metaphor that that I want to share with you is found in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. The last book of the Bible. So we've skipped from book number 6 to book number 66. The last book of the Bible. This third metaphor. And, and, And I love this one. This is so precious. Because it's not just Jesus, Savior of the world. It's Emmanuel, God with us. And this is what the second metaphor with the promised land was not just I'll save you out of Egypt, but I'll actually go with you on the journey. I want to be with you. And so on the journey to the promised land, this this other metaphor of at night they had a pillar of fire and in the day there was this cloud that protected them from the sun and it was a sense of God's presence with them. Emmanuel, God with us. And he promised that he would never leave us nor forsake us. What an incredible truth that is. Now we come to the last book of the Bible and we have this other other metaphor. And it says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. So the first metaphor was the metaphor of the ark. The second metaphor was the metaphor of the promised land. The third metaphor is the metaphor of the house. But it's not just any old house. It's your house. We have this incredible picture of Jesus standing at the door of your house and he's knocking. And he's saying, I want to come into your life. And if you hear me knocking and you open the door, you've got to open. I don't force the door down. I don't kick the door down. I just stand there and knock. I'm at your house. I've chosen your house. I've come to your house and I knock. And if you open up, I love this. I I will come in. I will come in to your house and establish my presence in your life. Wow. God with us. Then it gives this beautiful metaphor. I'll dine with you. I'll be with you. We'll connect with each other. We'll do relationship. Relationship with the creator of the universe. That's what Christmas is, is this free gift. And and I, I can still remember as a little kid in church, back in the days where Billy Graham was just one of the great evangelists. And at every service, we used to sing, just as I am. Without one place. How many of you are old enough to remember that old hymn of the church? Just as I am. And I can still remember as a little kid, just tears pouring down my face. Just being impacted by God choosing me. God coming to me and wanting to establish relationship with me. You know, one of the blessings of growing up in a Christian home is having this heart and softness for God. 
just the sense of, of the presence of God. And I can still remember as a little kid, we'd sing some songs and, and the presence of God would come upon me and I could feel God's love and God's compassion towards me. I want to tell you that some of you, all you're feeling is God's finger of condemnation, this finger of judgment. But in John chapter 3, verse 17, it says, God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. For God, in verse 16, so loved the world. For God, so, so loved the world. For God, so loved, loved, loved. This is the gift of love that He gave His Son. Not just to save you, but to come into relationship with you. So that you could do life with Him and He could do life with you. And you can sense the presence of God and God coming into your life and God guiding and showing you how to do life well. So for what purpose? So that you could be blessed. So that your family could be blessed. If you're married, for your marriage to be blessed. So that you can do life the way God wanted you to do life. In John chapter 10, verse 10, this is what the Bible says, For the thief comes only to rob, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I love that, that God not only wants to save us, but bless us and guide us and take us somewhere and maximize our lives. You can keep running away from God all you like, but He keeps chasing you down. He keeps chasing you down. Why does He chase you down? When when you've done wrong, why does He keep chasing you down? Here it is, because He loves you and hasn't given up on you. And He longs for relationship with you. And maybe today you're one of the people that are here and you can hear Him knocking on your heart's door. Maybe some of you here at one stage you had let Him in but through the issues of life you've pushed Him to the side. Because this is what was happening to the church in Revelation. They, they had at one stage relationship with God, but they pushed him out. And now once more, he's at the door. He didn't turn his back. I love this about Jesus. He doesn't turn his back. doesn't matter what you've done. He doesn't turn his back. He doesn't run away from you. He chases you down. Why? Because he loves you. Can I come into your life? But Jesus, it's a mess in here. I know it's a mess, but I've come to sort it out. But Lord, the stuff in here that you don't like, I know, but let me deal with it. But God, I've offended you, but I keep loving you. God, I just feel so weak. That's why you need me, because I'm strong and I'll help you. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door. I will come in. 
the Savior will come in, wash away every single one of your sins, separate them from you as far as the east is from the west. Forever write your name in the book of heaven where you will live with him forever and ever. And then say, now I'm going to be Emmanuel, God with you. Never leaving you, never forsaking you, loving you to the end. Say, John, what must I do? What what do I have to do? Look, it's as simple as A, B, C. What do you have to do? First of all, A, admit. Everybody say admit. Admit that you've sinned. Admit that you've made mistakes. Just humility will help you do that. I'm the first to put up my hand. My goodness, have I made some mistakes. I admit that I've sinned. What do you have to do? Believe. That's the second. A, B. Admit, believe. Believe that Jesus died upon the cross, rose on the dead, from the dead on the third day. That Jesus came. Just believe. In, in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, it says, Whoever calls, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you don't believe, you won't call. It's just believe that he's standing at the door knocking. Believe that he's there giving you another chance, giving you a third, a fourth, a fifteenth, a twenty-fifth, a thirty-five millionth. Just he doesn't give up on you. Believe that he's there. Believe that he's the Son of God. Believe. I'm a believer. I believe. God has given me faith to believe. I believe that today God's giving other people He faith to believe. Stop making excuses and just believe. And thirdly, just commit. Commit to following Him. And if you can do that, the Bible says that He'll come into your life, forgive your sins, give you eternal life, write your name in the book of heaven, and the very purpose of Him coming will be fulfilled in Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Juliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.